Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer NZ3120. Today on Collider Sports Time, the Packers take care of business there in Dallas. The Chiefs can't get it done in Kansas City against the Colts. And the Lakers show us what AD and LeBron can look like. The NBA should be scared. Look at that. There it is. All right. I don't know. I don't know what more I could say. I, I always was, let you just dangle. You're right. That. I do. It's, it's great. to go on and on Sometimes and on. Sometimes you keep the patter going until the screen comes up. Uh, this uh, shot comes up. And other times you just let it go quiet. That's fine. <laughs> well, I can welcome everybody to another live episode of Collider Sports Time. Thanks for your patience. We're a little five minutes late getting on the air just for a number of technical issues. But we are on now, ready to go. Mm-hmm. And we thank you for taking the time to watch us. I'm John Roca, your host here. Joined, as always, by the man over there, Matt Nost. How are you, my man? Uh, I'm good. Uh, I'm ready to get into this full Play to NFL games, talk a little NBA. It's coming back, yeah, guys. It's yeah, coming yeah. back. And he says that because Dropping Dimes is about to record its first episode today as well. So Dropping Dimes is coming back, talk about all things NBA, yeah. back to a weekly podcast. That's going to be fun, Matt. Look for that on Wednesday. You guys can check it out there. Absolutely. And someone we want to look out for as well is our guest on the show. First time on the show. Excited to have her on the show. Lindsay McCormack, how are you? Uh, I've been doing better. I was telling you guys, my Astros are not looking too great today. Yeah, but you, you, you're talking from a place of like uh, a wealth of championships recently, wealth of playoff appearances. Exactly. You've got a great lineup. It's always harder, though, when one of your former pitchers pitches really well and to see Charlie, Charlie Morton pitch the way he did against the the Astros today is just tough. You never want to lose guys. <laughs> you never want to lose to the guys you've lost. Yeah. That's, that's a, as well. Still, though, you're sitting on your pile of gold going, oh, I used to be bigger. And you're like, it's still a big pile of gold. But think about that. I mean, the World Series we won was the first 
time we had won a World Series in the history of the organization. True. True. We had True. only been to the World Series one other time, and it was against the White Sox, and we got swept. Yeah. So it's not like we've had all of these years of of we're not. We're, this is not the Lakers, you know. We don't right. have all these True. these years of of championships. <laughs> but you do true. have. It looks like you're set up for a nice few year run here of being the best team in baseball. Mm-hmm. So it's not a bad thing. It does. If only we could hang on to Garrett Cole, but that won't be a possibility. Oh uh, yeah. Well, and you've cleaned up your uniforms. No longer that those uh, old rainbow <laughs> colors that used to be there. Now a little more uh, striking orange. Let's tell you a little something about lenses. You know who you're dealing with here. This is a former ESPN reporter, CBS. A sports reporter as well. She's currently hosting a podcast now called The Next 10 with pa- uh, Paula Paulin and Kate Edwards and Elevator Pitch as well. She's on that as well. So uh, a lot of stuff you got going on in your world, Lindsay. It is. No time for sleep, right? Right, exactly. That's how the hustles. The game is the hustle. The hustle yeah. is the game always. You know how it is. But thanks for coming along and, uh, you know, kind of live, elevating the look of this place because the, the two ugly guys uh, like us, this is a beautiful lady we have here to talk about sports. Don't you feel Cro Magnon? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. A little I feel bit. like there should be a soft focus filter, like Streisand effect on my shot. So people go, it's kind of dreamy, as opposed to the harsh angles and crow's feet. We call it the beauty light when we're filming Elevator Pitch. And every now sure. and then, they it's weird, because they don't have a, a rhyme or reason for why you get the beauty light. So sometimes they'll put it in front of a guy. Sometimes they'll put it in front of us. And we're not sure if we should be offended or flattered that they've given us the beauty light for that episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I like that. Well, somebody who got a team rather than had a beauty light uh, last night. That's the uh, Green Bay Packers there going in to uh, Dallas and taking care of business against those pesky little Cowboys. This was a shock to see how handily the Packers demolished the Cowboys. They were up 31 to 3 at one point before the, before the Cowboys mounted any kind of resistance. And you can see it's a little bit of fool's gold here because both Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper broke career highs in passing yardage and receiving yardage, but it was nowhere near enough to handle what Aaron Rodgers is doing in this LaFleur offense now. He looks great, don't you think, Lindsay? He looks fantastic. It was mind-blowing to me that they were able to shut down Zeke, though. Mm. And I think that was the key, that plus Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers, right? uh, as to why the Cowboys were not able with, like you said, despite uh, Dak Prescott putting up record numbers. They just couldn't get it going with Zeke. Yeah, well, Aaron uh, Aaron Jones got it going for the uh, mm-hmm. Packers. Much yeah. to my fantasy joy, four touchdowns <laughs> from him. Really good. This is it, this is a scary team now, Matt, because the defense, too. I hate everything about it. I hate everything about it. For those two reasons. For the first time in my memory, Rodgers has a legitimate defense, mm-hmm. yeah. and he's got a legitimate running back, and I don't like anything about that. I don't. <laughs> As a Bears fan. As yeah. a Bears yeah. fan. No thank you. Uh, I like it better when he's got miscellaneous parts, and he has to just Aaron Rodgers them to wins, as opposed to he can have a bad game, and it doesn't matter because the, so, you know, the complimentary pieces are so good that that team... Yeah. <laughs> Just seeing Jones and you're like, you've never had a running back and now you have, oh man. Yeah. It's oh, and, the worst. And they did this without Rodgers throwing a touchdown. That yeah. should scare the living hell out of everybody in the, uh, in the NFL that this team can do this without Rodgers even needing to throw a touchdown because you've got someone like Aaron Jones just bowling over defenders. There was a shot of Zeke after Aaron got his third touchdown, I think, and he's just sitting back. 
on the bench just breathing out going, ah, this is usually me. Why is this <laughs> happening on the other side? You talk about former teammates as well. We mentioned with the Astros, Randall Cobb must have been looking from the other sideline going, I remember this. I remember when he used to do this with me. Yeah. That is tough, you know. So, I don't know. This team looks good. I like this team. This is now becoming, this team's becoming now my odds-on favorite to win and go into the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Well, I mean, it's between them or the Saints. The Saints look, yeah. with Teddy Bridgewater, yeah, yeah, yeah. still yeah. look really excellent. That defense looks strong. Yeah. Coming into this weekend, I had the question of, just like everybody else, who's the best team in the NFC? Didn't know. Right. Didn't know. There's a bunch of leading candidates for that. And after this weekend, it's just like, well, it's the Packers or it's New Orleans. Mm-hmm. It's one of those two teams now they've really elevated above. And, uh, man, that sucks. And they're winning on the road, which <laughs> yeah. is something they didn't do last year until, like, the 16th week of the season. So the Packers look like they figure some things out. Uh, let's move on to the Chiefs here. They upset the Colts. Uh, they're in Kansas. Oh, sorry, sorry. The Colts upset the Chiefs, rather, in Kansas City. This was... This was a this was a tough game to watch because you expected some offensive fireworks here from Mahomes, of course, but certainly from Jacoby Brissett as well, who's been really coming into his own as the quarterback of the Colts here. But they, they their defense for the Colts really showed up, and then Marlon Mack dropping in 132 yards running. That really was the difference here. And Vinatieri kicking field goals. Hey, you know, people thought he was going to retire, and here he is kicking four field goals to lead them to victory. What do you think, there, Lindsay? Uh, I mean, it's, it still feels a little bit like my grandpa out there kicking field. <laughs> and he got off to such a slow start. I, I'm happy for him that he was able to turn things around. And he says he doesn't want to retire anytime soon. Yeah. But grandpa, uh, he's like six years older than me. Yeah. Grandpa. I mean, I guess that's the one position in football that yeah. you can play and not yeah, have. He could play till he's 50, 55, yeah. so long mm-hmm. as his leg is still strong enough. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. What do you think about the defense? The, the Colts really shut Mahomes down here and the they Chiefs. They kept getting into the backfield yeah. and pressuring Mahomes in ways. I mean, he was still dancing around, and he had that gorgeous touchdown pass after he kind of skirted around in the backfield yeah. and then just launched a laser, you know, almost gunslinging off his hip. Mm-hmm. I think it's, re- it's, it's a lot of this is the absence of Tyreek Hill and now Sammy Watkins yeah. without his two best weapons that it really nullifies Kelsey and are you going to get Pringle or uh, Miko Hardman to step up and the running game is still kind of, you never know exactly what you're going to get. Yeah. And it's not like that defense, the defense did better yesterday than I anticipated, but at the same time, if they can't get the offensive production, then they're not going to win these games. They don't have the other side of the ball to shut down offense. Yeah, do you think the Colts kind of expose the Chiefs a little bit here, Lindsay? Well, I you also have to take into consideration, I don't think, if you saw Mahomes' ankle get stepped on, he didn't look like he was 100% right. after that, and I right. hope that that doesn't provide any long-term issues for him. Um, I think the Colts are a better team than we give them credit for, yeah. even without Andrew Luck. It was. It's hard not to root for a team that kind of got screwed over by their quarterback right before the season started, yeah. mm-hmm. and here they thought they were going to be able to rely on him. So it's it's been fun to see the team kind of band together and and get it done. And they're my team to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jacoby Brissett comes into this situation. He signed a contract extension as soon as Andrew Luck left and took yeah. the money. The Colts didn't take the money back from Andrew. He just took that money and left as a thank you. Uh, but uh, J- Jacoby signed that extension. People didn't know what to, what you got with him. But maybe the Colts knew when Luck was going. They didn't force him to stay. They didn't pressure him to stay. They didn't try to hold the money because they figured maybe Jacoby was ready to step into the slot. And he certainly has proven that. And yeah. leading them over the Chiefs pretty incredible stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the speculation was that Luck felt okay to leave. Yes. Because Brissett was ready and the rest of the team was so good around him mm-hmm. that it, he wasn't leaving them in the lurch. Yeah. So it's been borne out so far. They look good. This is crazy because there's only so I, – I thought the Chiefs, with all their weapons, would have no problem going 14-0, 15-0, 13-0, something like that. 
But with the injuries, certainly mm-hmm. now those are coming in, like you said, Matt, those are coming into play for this team and for Mahomes and the rhythm of their offense. And we'll see because Damian Williams came back, but it still wasn't enough to get them going on the running side of the ball yeah. either. I still don't think they have a stud running back as yeah. of right now. Yeah. You lose someone like Kareem Hunt, who's now with Cleveland, who still hasn't played yet, but yeah. and I don't know that he will if Chubb keeps, you know, if he can rattle off anything yeah. like last weekend, we'll see tonight. Yeah. Uh, Kareem may be just sitting in, you know, the sidelines over there. Yeah. But once they can solidify that, that running game that'll add you know another facet to their attack but without Tyreek and without Sammy Watkins you're relying on a bunch of unproven wide receivers yeah you never know what you're gonna get and listen, this is interesting too because all of a sudden now the AFC South looks uh, interesting and, and yeah. with with Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars with Deshaun Watson throwing for like or, I mean four, he scored fifty two yeah. yeah four or five touchdowns and you got now Jacoby Brissett with the call this and the Titans uh, but like those three teams now all of a sudden which we thought were maybe afterthoughts after these injuries yeah. or retirements yeah. were, are now all in play with this with this uh, division it's fantastic. I think so. It's It's been fun to watch. So every year for fantasy, I kind of take a, a little different approach. Yeah. This year, I don't know how this happened, but I have like half the Texans teams. <laughs> so every time it does well, after every time the Texans do well, my fantasy team does well. So I'm not complaining about Deshaun Watson staying healthy this season. Right. And just kind of, I, I, they're my team to beat in the AFC South. Well, sir, oh, that's a good prediction. I mean, Will okay. Fuller finally showed up yesterday, which we'll talk Man, about here. He'll be hurt next week. <laughs> do you? Do so you this, this is what's going to happen. Will Fuller plays great for a game or two, and then unfortunately gets hurt, and you're like, that's what Will Fuller. Well, why did it have to be against me? That's how Perry beat me in fantasy this week. I had 175 points. Perry had 220. I would have beat everybody else. But Will Fuller got him, had himself a 50-point game. Yeah. Do you think Minshew is the answer for the Jags, though, the long-term answer? Yes. Because I'm not sold on them just really? yet. Really? Okay. Is it was the stash? It the, yeah, I was about to say the mustache no, no, throwing off. I like the off. whole gimmicky <laughs> thing he's got going on. Yeah. I think he's been a great quarterback this season for the team, but I'm not sold that he is a franchise quarterback just yet. Ooh, I mean, it's still so early. Yeah. Now. yeah. And he's shown flashes where... Okay, you you're okay under the pressure. You're good in the pocket. You can kind of you know second, third, you know whatever read. Yeah. Uh, on some level, I'm a Bears fan. I take him over Trubisky right now. Yeah. Well, of course. What about <laughs> exactly. what about Chase? What about Chase Daniel? I take though? Chase Daniel yeah. over Trubisky. I would too. Yeah. Uh, That's an yeah. unpopular opinion too. Yeah. I thought he had it yesterday. He did. I don't blame him for that loss. Yeah. yeah. I don't. They well, they shouldn't have flown in on Friday morning. That's their problem. <laughs> they looked tired in the first half. It's just like our defense hasn't been pushed around like that in years. Yeah. And they just suddenly Oakland looked like what well, is the team that uh, you know Gruden thought in his head he was getting once yeah. he traded away all his assets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was mind blowing to me how many Brits Loved the Bears, though. It was, it was a great. home game for oh, you guys. Yeah. yeah, it was great. It's yeah. like 90% Bears fans. Yeah. Well, they relate to a, a you know a, a city that's you know has a lot of weather issues. That's how London is. So why wouldn't the Brits cheer for them? That's the connection I make. I don't know. Maybe something about Chicago sounds British. Hey, Blue-collar metropolitan area. That was my connection. Yeah. You know. Chicago. Yeah, maybe that's what it is, too. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, they defeated the Steelers here to take care of that division, AFC North, that is. Uh, they're, in the, uh, they're in the lead spot right now. But um, uh, Lamar Jackson looked terrible. Only threw for 161 yards, three touchdowns. All those people who were crowing about Lamar Jackson in the first two uh, games of the season – 
Where are you now? Last three, he has not looked that good. He's, they had lost two in a row coming into this matchup, and they barely squeaked past a Steelers team playing with their backup quarterback, and then their second backup quarterback came in as well after they concussed Mason Rudolph in a gruesome uh, hit there that a lot of people felt uh, uh, should have led to Earl Thomas being ejected from the game. But you look at this. Does this say more about the Steelers or more about the Ravens? What are your thoughts on this one? I would say neither. Okay. Just because I still don't know who's going to win that division. I don't have the slightest mm-hmm. clue. Just because the Ravens are ahead right now, like I think the Steelers are done, unfortunately, for Steelers fans. I don't, I don't believe in you know the backup and now the backup backup. Uh, and they just don't look as potent on offense as they have in the previous like five, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. You, know, you lose A.B. and Le'Veon, that's going to take a hit. But Juju, is he a number one? I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's because he doesn't have Roethlisberger thrown to him that he doesn't look as effective. I'm not yeah. entirely sure. So Pittsburgh, I don't know. Their defense looked pretty strong yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a, a nice amount of turnovers. But I still don't know who's going to win that division. I think it's the, the Ravens to take. But you get a good game, you get a bad game. You get a good game, bad game. So who knows? Yeah. I think the Ravens will step up even more as it gets closer to the playoffs, and I think they will end up winning that division. The biggest thing that stood out to me is how do you not have a stretcher or a cart that's working for a quarterback? I mean, it's almost a given that someone's going to get knocked out. Not like that, but get injured of some sort. And how do you – I mean, the whole team's rallying behind him, carrying him off, and it just was a bad look for the NFL. I got a weird feeling that this – if Mason comes back from this and he's fine for next week, I think this galvanizes this Steelers team. I think they come together here as an underdog team. The fight they showed against the Ravens when they could have laid down shows something about the spirit of this team. Whether they'll get it done overall, by the end of the year I don't know but at least they showed some grit some determination and they hadn't the last couple of games they felt like they were getting like they accepted that they weren't as good as the team they were playing well it's a rivalry rivalry game so those two teams always play each other physically yeah you're right it is usually a tough game between those guys Uh, so we'll see but I I just don't know I have a weird feeling maybe and maybe the cart situation all of that it was like you know him you know being carried off the field Juju in tears on the sideline was like doing his best Terrell Owens that's my quarterback uh, so I just I was shocked by all of that so maybe there's more here than we think yeah I perhaps don't know. yeah we'll I don't see. know time will tell time will tell I mean when they trade a first round draft pick for another defensive player that is the you know general manager signaling we have a good team we yeah. should invest in the now as opposed to the future and so far the results on the field haven't really <laughs> been uh, what they were <laughs> hoping for but th- there's enough of this season left and that division is still up for grabs they could buy rights make a run yeah um, you know, who knows? What if Cleveland wins tonight and then that's, that's, they, they've made the turn and they just start blowing people out and they're, mm-hmm. everything everyone believed going into the season by and large. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, we will. And that's, it's going to be an interesting division to watch because I think it'll be won by attrition, uh, as opposed to, yeah, dominance. it's going to be a nine and seven. Yeah, takes right. that. It'll be someone who stretches across the finish line mm-hmm. at the end. Uh, some, a team that doesn't need to do that. That's the New England Patriots. They absolutely destroyed my Redskins 33, 30 to seven at home. This was, Disgusting from beginning to end. It was even an ugly first half, even though we were keeping it a game at 12 to seven. Uh, it, the, the Patriots just turned it on in the second half when they went to a run heavy offense, uh, relying on Sony Michelle and took care of business here. Tom Brady threw for 348 yards and three touchdowns, uh, in his 20th season. Brady now went past Brett Favre into third place on the career list with 71,923 yards. Who does he trail? Ah, his old nemesis, Peyton Manning and Drew Brees. Peyton Manning is catchable. 
because only like I think it's only like seven twenty seven yards uh, away from passing Manning. But Drew Brees is uh, over three thousand yards ahead of Bradley. So a uh, Brady. So maybe he does it this year. I don't know. We'll see. But in the end, uh, this is just a this is a system a systematic destruction of the Redskins. No surprise here. Uh, but what what do you take from this from about the oh, Patriots? I was I was gonna say you know who's not on that list? Eli Manning, and he needs to retire. <laughs> but I, I, I taking your shots where you can, <laughs> yeah. huh, Lindsay? Damn. All right, traffic was a little harder than we thought. All right, all right. <laughs> but the Patriots, I could see them easily being in the Super Bowl again, which yeah. is kind of sad for NFL fans that we're gonna get the same game year after year. I honestly think it's going to be, uh, if I had to give my predictions now, I would say Saints, uh, Patriots. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think the, the only reason to talk about this game is that Gruden had to wake up and be at the offices at, what was it, 5 in the morning or 5 in the morning? 6 in the morning. 6 in the morning. He had to drive yeah. to the stadium to be summarily fired at 6 in the morning. She's like, send me a text. Do you shower at that point? Do you know? Do you go in stinky from having slept overnight? And like, I wouldn't shower at all. If you're going to fire me, I'm going to come yeah. in wearing what I'm wearing and, yeah, and you're know. just going to let me go. I don't know. You I... think he was like lefty and uh, Donnie Brasco and he took <laughs> off his rings, <laughs> put his wallet down, left it for his wife, knew yeah. he's going to get murdered. <laughs> I, like, I don't know why. Maybe this is just me being an optimist. I thought they were going to give him one more game against the Dolphins, and if you lose to one of the worst teams in the what NFL, then I don't know. You saw the other players crying because they knew it was coming. Yeah, Chris Thompson, that was weird. Yeah. Like, what are you crying for? Gruden was a terrible coach, a horrible coach. It was a six-year nightmare having him as a coach of the Redskins because he was terrible with in-game decisions. Yes, we got to the playoffs once, or we won the division once with him, but we were a terrible team with this guy. Couldn't get the quarterback situation figured out. We let go of Kirk Cousins which now in retrospect looks te- like a terrible decision well, overall because you lost your no starting one who's quarterback. replaced us, who's replaced him, was any damn good. Yeah, you lost your starting quarterback to a weird injury, and he's gone for the year Yeah, from last year, and then now it's a, well, when do we put the young kid in type of situation. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, they're in the mix for worst team in football. I don't know who that is. I would assume Miami, but uh, no, I think see, Washington he, could take make a case. I wanted to see the, the – well, we're still going to get a chance to see the Dolphins versus the Redskins. Yeah. Because – but I wanted to see them with, with him coaching. Oh, with Gruden coaching? Yeah. I don't know why. I'm going to tell you, as a Redskins fan, it's a terrible <laughs> idea. It would be boring to watch because he would do something stupid and we'd lose the game. Do you, think that, do you think that you're going to win next week? Without no. him. No. I think we're not going to win a game all year. Have you heard the early speculation? What's the early What's speculation? That? If uh, Jason Garrett doesn't do well in Dallas, they're nope. going to let him go. And really? Dan Snyder is going to snap him up. Look, it's six hours into the man being fired. Now yeah. it's everybody's thrown out wild. But I, I saw him <laughs> pick up on enough things. And I'm like, that seems like a Dan Snyder type of move. I saw Enemy being mentioned. That's a possibility. Uh, I've heard Tomlin. That he's going to try and lure Tomlin away from Pittsburgh, which would be an interesting situation. I don't know. I love Mike Tomlin. Yeah, Tomlin's a good coach. I would love to have him on the sidelines of Washington. He would at least give us a chance and put us in contention, if nothing else. I just think, but I also think Gruden is not the only one to blame here. Snyder, Bruce Allen. Bruce Allen's had the team since 2009. I think we've only made the playoffs under Snyder two or three times. That tells you that this is an owner and a GM that needs to go. There should be a wholesale. Uh, You're uh, the only city that does that. Like with Grunfeld <laughs> yeah. hanging on for way too long. With the Wizards. Yeah, I don't know what it is about Washington. Maybe it's politics. People just like keep voting the same people in over I, and over again. So that's how Washington runs their never team. Never understood I don't it. Know. 
Yeah, it's frustrating, but I ho- I'm glad we're done with Gruden. Uh, he, you know, he has one year remaining on his contract. He's still going to get five million next year for sitting on his butt and doing nothing. And if you watch those videos, maybe smoking some unknown thing. Uh, he's uh, he he was uh, 35, 49, and one. Uh, this is the fifth head coach fired by Snyder. The other two retired uh, or, or left rather, resigned Spurrier and Gibbs. But under Snyder, here we go. The Redskins have finished first in the NFC East three times. In 2015 with Gruden, they finished last eight times and third seven times, and we're on, and we're on pace now for our ninth season to uh, lose ten losses, to have ten losses this year under Snyder. My God, <laughs> I know, man. We used to win Super it's, Bowls when I grew up. That's we tough won to do. Super Bowls. That's tough to do. Well, that was thirty something years ago. No, stop it. I'm not that old. I don't think. Yeah, that was actually Mark. my grandpa's team, by the way. Uh, what? He you was mean, drafted uh, by Vinatieri? the Redskins. Wait, wait, you're no, 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 no. My actual grandpa. <laughs> what? Oh, this is cool. Stanley Tell us Sprague. Okay. Uh, he was a star defensive end at University of Illinois, and he was drafted by the Redskins wow. in 1946. Oh, wow. That is a defensive. Okay. So the uh, the organization has come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> the great Stanley Sprig. I like it. I like. It. I'm down with it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll keep our, uh, our eyes up on to see what happens. Uh, with Joe, who's going to uh, Callahan? Bill Callahan will step in now for Gruden for the rest of the season. I really doubt they'll hire a head coach for the end of the season. So it's just going to be a train wreck uh, or a flaming dumpster fire all the way to the end of the season. So, but you could beat the Dolphins next year because it's the next week. You mean? Oh yeah, next week. Yeah. Just because coach got fired and team sometimes rebound really quickly that next week or the next two weeks and yeah. rattle off a couple wins. You get your first W of the year. Poor Miami. <laughs> and they want to lose. They do want to lose. Yeah, I think yeah. They're I guarantee tanking, you. and I think it's smart. I guarantee you, if they're winning, they'll find a way to throw the ball backwards uh, to the Redskins and fumble the ball to an into the ends. I guarantee you, there's no oh, way yeah. they let us beat them. I mean, they, they let uh, they win. There's yeah. no way they'll start scheduling games on Sabbath, and Rosen has to, you know, sit. <laughs> oh they'll start God. doing anything they can. Just so long as they keep losing, they <laughs> exactly. do not want to win. Exactly. Well, <laughs> well, a team that wants to keep winning—that's the uh, New Orleans Saints. Teddy Bridgewater coming in for Drew Brees. Fantastic work he's done. They've been three and zero with him as a starter. Remember, he came in in that game against the Rams and lost after Brees had been injured. But as a starter, he is three and zero. And against the Buccaneers, the much heralded Buccaneers after their defeat of the Rams, he threw for three hundred. 114 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, and this was a tight game, 31 to 24. Uh, uh, Jameis did his, uh, did what he could here. Uh, but you know, he was only 15 of 27 for 204 yards and two touchdowns. You predicted this last week. Jameis is not going to show up in this game, even though he showed up the last game. And I, that's what happened. I just assume he's going to throw three picks this week. That's <laughs> what he does. He throws four touchdowns. He throws three picks. He throws true. four touchdowns. He throws three picks. That's true. If only he had played that way against my Auburn Tigers in the national championship. Oh, well. <laughs> Lindsay, let me tell you, as a Florida State Seminole, that was a fun game to watch. And I was live in the Rose Bowl for that touchdown he threw. So I'm sorry we beat your Auburn Tigers. I was too. I think we got a little too uh, complacent come halftime. We thought we had it in the back. Yeah, it didn't look good for us, that's it, for sure. Well, and then famous famous Jameis Amos. Uh, <laughs> was he got sure? cookies? He's what are we talking about? He's got cookies. Why don't you guys just dangle famous, crab legs in front of him? He's famous, like, oh! Famous Jameis took off, he did. but he doesn't look like that in the NFL. Nah, I think what Matt says uh, is right. It's the inconsistency week to week. Yeah. Yeah. That's the frustrating well, part. It's, it's easy when you're the supreme, like you're the best athlete on the field. Yeah. And just like, yeah, you can destroy all these other great competition, but when you are clearly head and shoulders above, and now you get on the field with a bunch of other guys who are the best at their position, mm-hmm. it's it's tougher to stand out. He's like a bag of cookies. You don't know if you're going to get all broken ones or one that's put <laughs> together. Me, they're all... <laughs> 
Bro, occasionally there's a whole one. You're like, son of a gun. <laughs> no, this is a damaged package. And then it goes right back to crumbles. Yeah, because that's the Rams victory. You get the whole cookie. Oh exactly. My God. What is and this? Then, and, the rest and then it's back to Sunday <laughs> toppings, and that's all you got. <laughs> Or cranberries. Who put cranberry? Who put cranberries in cookies? Anyway, all right. Let's. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Shout out to him and the Saints. I mean, this is incredible. Then this is why they kept Teddy. Ted, they were, Miami was looking at Teddy. Teddy was flirting with Miami, but then New Orleans came in, offered him what they could offer him, and to, Teddy saw a better situation here. And maybe because remember he was a starter for Minnesota for a while mm-hmm. a few years ago. Maybe he sees Brew Breeze like just about ready to ride off into the sunset, and he can slide in here. Certainly making a case for himself over these last three weeks. Yeah, but do you? Think- think that Breeze is about to ride off into the sunset because he's already throwing on his just oh, recently yeah. surgically oh, yeah. repaired hand mm-hmm. and he was posted that that video on Instagram of him of him throwing the ball already with the caption shh like <laughs> not the whole world's not going to see that yeah and it looks like he's going to be back sooner than we even thought yeah well I say this Lindsay if he wins the Super Bowl this year let's say it's Saints Patriots and he does it because last year they got screwed over by that call possibly mm-hmm. um I think that's the perfect time to leave you would think right? but that's yeah. not the athlete's mentality yeah, exactly true. how many people are John Elway yeah. right yeah where they right. get there back to backs or Peyton yeah, that's or my Gronkowski. high water. Or Gronkowski, right? Still, though, Peyton's was, he knew he was on the way out. Right. He yeah. was a shell of his former self mm-hmm. that last season. So he got his second Super Bowl. He could tie Eli so he doesn't have the awkward family meals. And then <laughs> goes off and he's an automatic Hall of Famer. Uh, whereas I think Bruce, Breeze is going to go until the wheels fall off. Right. He seems right. the type where it's just him and Brady. I'm going to continue to keep playing until it's just I am a detriment to my team. Do you think uh, Eli won't retire? Do you think Eli stays on as the backup I think in case done. Daniel Jones leads them to a Super Bowl so he can say, I have a third Super Bowl ring at Peyton at oh, Thanksgiving? I think he'll close out this year. Is the yeah, pettiness yeah. that extent? Does it extend to that? Oh, does you think he'll close out the year? Does he come yeah. back next season? No. No, I think, okay. I think he's done. I think I'm with you on that. Yeah. I mean, he's got to at least retire with some dignity at the exactly. end. Exactly. Yeah. You went from, you won two Super Bowls and yeah. now you're going to back up? Yeah. yeah, you're not a backup. Well, no. look, look for him to be a quarterback in the Redskins next year. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to. I would the- say coaching. <laughs> he retires and he's yeah, 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 a coach, coach player. <laughs> Snyder, you crazy little bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's how it'll work. <laughs> Uh, all right, the Car- let's move on to our last game here in the front, in the instant replay section. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, uh, led by Christian McCaffrey, who is a beast. Look, if I had had the first pick in a fantasy, I would not have taken Saquon. I would have taken Christian. He just seems like a guy that the offense is built to run around, and he can he plays the game safe. He doesn't look like he's going to get destroyed, and I feel like he he's, he did a fantastic job here against the Jaguars. Uh, 285 yards, three touchdowns. Pretty incredible stuff from him. 320, uh, 200, I'm sorry, 237 yards from scrimmage, including 176 yards. Minshew doing his best here. 26 of 45 for 374 yards with two touchdowns for the Jaguars, but he also fumbled the ball three times. Leonard Fournette did uh, 23 carries for 108 yards and a score, but you got to look at the situation. Both of these teams have these backup quarterbacks that have come in and revitalized their team so much so that people forget who was starting for their teams to begin with. And actually, I wouldn't be surprised if the Carolina faithful don't want Cam Newton to come back. Is he really playing the game safe, though, if he's flipping into the end zone onto his back and doing stars? Uh-huh. It looks like he's ready for a back injury. <laughs> That's that a fair point. He landed on his tailbone. I was yeah. like, ooh, that could have a couple more inches, and you really could have tweaked that. Oh, no, you remember being 20, and you don't feel any of that stuff. It's only when you're 30 <laughs> okay. and 40 that you don't be flipping into the end zone. is only going to help so much. <laughs> there is a point at which this little guy, he looks so small compared yeah. to. It's amazing when you see him run, his legs are kicking. 
they, they, the speed of them almost matched the frame rate of the camera. So it's like this blur. <laughs> it's like, look at him go. He's, he's such a, a better professional than I ever thought he was going to be. Oh, yeah. I thought it was all yeah. hype. And then now you see him, you're like, this dude is so like shifty mm-hmm. and just flies around. And as far as the backups, um, I don't know. It's interesting because I don't think Jacksonville was ever like technically they were set before. Mm-hmm. But if Minshew jumps in, so be it. The Cam situation, that's way more interesting. Oh, yeah. The Kyle Allen yeah. coming in yeah. for Cam. The team yeah. looks like they're rallying around Kyle. Yeah, and they they want to like, play. They're like, yeah, yeah. they want to play for him. It's almost nice to have a quarterback that doesn't use his legs as much mm. as Cam Newton does because mm. then you don't have to worry about them getting as, as injured as often. Yeah. yeah. Um, the whole Cam Newton thing, I mean, I went to Auburn. I'm a huge Cammy Cam fan. Wow. I don't know if this vegan diet's really working out for him. <laughs> I think that he needs to go Lindsay back to... the shots, man. <laughs> I didn't know we were getting here. Okay. <laughs> it's that traffic. It makes me feisty. Um, <laughs> Death to vegans. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I was vegan for five years, too. Oh. But I eventually... <laughs> he washed up. I, residue, I, I residue anger about it. No, it's good as bacon. No, no. My body wasn't absorbing the iron, and I kept oh, yeah. getting injured. Which, which makes me... Uh, who else? There was someone else. I think it was Timothy Bradley that went vegan mm. for a while. And oh, lived, the boxer. Yeah, right, the right, boxer. Right. And then went back to eating meat because he found that he just kept getting more injured. More injuries, like clue, good. Uh, more, <laughs> he had more injuries when he was vegan. Yes. So I don't know if there's some correlation between Cam being a vegan and not being able to stay healthy. I've you know but, a bunch of NBA players have done it, and they, uh, a few of them have said it's it's more so the rebound. Trying yeah. to come back from like the sustained mm-hmm. use yeah. is harder on the vegan diet. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. You just can't recoup fast enough. And then, yes, you're more injury prone because your body's not back to 100 quick enough. Yeah. But I Cam don't... Newton's also that guy that has the it factor. Mm-hmm. And I could see him coming back at some point and playing like he did his his rookie season. This feels so much as an NBA guy. This feels like Carmelo and uh, Lynn Sanity. This feels like, you think so? yeah, this feels like the, you know, people know Carmelo was talented. The Knicks know this guy could lead them somewhere possibly, but he's also a lot of drama to deal with on and off the court. And then you have a guy like Justin who just looks like he's happy to play the game, yeah. happy to wear the jersey, and fans start rallying around him. And Carmelo does everything possible to run him out of town. And mm-hmm. I wonder what Cam does here with Kyle. There's no reports that there's any friction between them, but there's also not, I don't, I haven't seen any reports where they're like getting together and hanging out and talking about the game so i wonder if they you, were if you took mccaffrey out of the equation how would kyle allen's play be on its own oh i don't well, know it's, it's a good goal. question they were zero and two with cam and they had mccaffrey yeah, yeah true, so true. they've rattled off what three straight wins yeah. yeah three and two so you know you judge it by the same metric uh perhaps it is because you know the team just rallied around uh, Allen much quicker and just they're happy to be there. They want to play. Who yeah. knows? I, I, yeah. I'd see Cam on a different team next year. That's why I always think um, sports are very much about chemistry and very much mm-hmm. about like people. Th- there's an energy or an aura. I just believe that that when you put the right person in the right position, it spreads through the team and the team starts to do that little extra amount. And that leads to victories or leads to upsets or leads to miracles yeah. occurring on the field. And I think with especially with the NFL maybe more than any, more so than any other league the quarterback the energy of the quarterback bleeds into everything and motivates people on both sides of the ball yeah that's why it's so hard for me to predict what's going to happen in the NBA because until you really see these guys play together it, it's mm. i can't really judge based off a of preseason because it's hard for me to see how they're really going to gel yeah it's nonsense yeah. preseason is 
our, our main guys kind of play for a quarter and a half. Yeah. And mm. then we put in there are second and guys, you know, potentially could make the team. You know, the, right now rosters are between 18 and 20 and six to eight of those guys are just going to be gone in the next week. So, oh, yeah. well, well, you hear that, Adam? Let's strike that Lakers story because apparently we can't talk about Lakers preseason. <laughs> he can't. They looked interesting. <laughs> but well, I, still don't, I got questions. Yeah, okay, we'll get to it in just a second. Uh, let's finish this one off here. We're talking about the best of the rest in the NFL. I'll go through these uh, the rest of the games here real quickly, and then my panelists will tell me which game they liked or why uh, they didn't. Uh, all right, Seahawks squeaked by the Rams here on Thursday night, 30-29. to Wilson, Russell Wilson had four touchdowns, but they won because Greg Zerline missed a 44-yard field goal. Wide right. If you're a Florida State faithful, you know what that means. Uh, the Texans absolutely destroyed the Falcons here, 53 to 32. Deshaun Watson, 426 yards and five touchdowns. My God, a personal best, you think? Uh, the Ra- uh, the Bears lost themselves to the Raiders here without Trubisky, 24-21. Look, all kudos to the Bears, though. They were down 17 to nothing at the half score, 21 points in that third quarter, but then couldn't get the job done at the end as uh, the Raiders got their third win of the season in the Khalil Mack Bowl. Uh, the Buffalo Bills got back to their winning ways, winning 14-7 with Josh Allen throwing two touchdowns there. The Vikings uh, and Kirk Cousins Woke up against uh, Daniel Jones and the Giants, winning 28-10 to here. Uh, pretty incredible uh, for Cousins, who uh, threw for 306 yards. Hey, the one week I sit you, you show up. Great. The <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles stomped the Jets to no one's surprise here, 31-6. But Carson Wentz only threw for 189 yards and one touchdown. Uh, I don't know if that's a thing you should be happy about. And the Broncos finally got their first win of the season with an upset of the Chargers, 20-13. to The Chargers now feels like they're in a little bit of trouble Uh trying to replicate that form from last year. Uh, Matt, what game stands out for you? Uh, well, I mean, obviously the, the Bears game. Congratulations to the Oakland Raiders. You stopped us in the first half. Mm. And I think the fact that we didn't show up at all in the first half on defense or on offense, you deserve to win the game, so I'm glad you won the game because you prepared correctly for it. You flew in early on the week, got used to the time change. <laughs> Nagy was imploring his guys to sleep on the flight on Thursday into Friday. Otherwise, that's going to mess up all their plans and be like, well, your plans are ridiculous because there's no way all these players are going to be able to sleep on that flight. And it's just, uh, you could tell in the first half. So uh, to them and uh, the Broncos for finally getting that W. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Raiders are scary. Three wins now for the Raiders. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm just saying. Only one win off the Chiefs <laughs> in that division. So, uh, what's the, what's the start for you, Lindsay? Uh, the biggest game that stood out to me was definitely Colts versus Chiefs. Okay. I was proud of the Colts. They were able to get it together and beat a team that we thought was going to go mm-hmm. undefeated for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me this Minshew theory of yours. Why don't you think he's ready to step in and take these Jaguars somewhere? Uh, I mean, I saw a few plays from this weekend in particular where he didn't protect the ball. I mean, he's not flawless, Mm -hmm, I think is what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. You're saying the hype is too much. It's just a little too much. Okay. Well, because it's a kid from, I mean, what small school did he come from? And nobody knew anything about him. And suddenly he gets put in. And he is more than competent. Mm. That last fumble was bad, though. Yeah. He's just dangling the ball out. And you're like, you can't can't do that. That's coming from a guy that's never played an NFL game (laughs) (laughs) in his life. So I know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Look, you've seen enough games to know that's a danger. You never created like a bread box. That's what but they say. I've also never had a 280-pound 6'6 guy that would run a 4'440 running at me either. So 
Eh, grain of salt with what I'm saying here. <laughs> with that said, I think he's a good spark, though, for that team, especially with everything that's going on on the defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think so, too. I think they're rallying around him. Yeah. The game I look at is the Seahawks-Rams game. I, that was a fun, fun game to watch. Yeah. Uh, really good back and forth between both teams. And the Rams had every right to win that game. It's a loss, but it's kind of a win because, to me, they played their most complete game of the season once and for all. Yeah. So maybe, even though this is a loss, this is something that where they just wake up and really come back to that form from last year. So I look forward to that. I, I, I was going to say the defense just needs to show up. Yeah. The offense looked uh, pretty good. Yes. Uh, golf doesn't look you know all that shaky. Just the defense was giving up lots of big plays. Yep. Tyler Lockett smoked them. Yeah, he did. I don't believe in home field advantage as much as I do is when you're playing in that stadium in Seattle. Oh, yeah. I've been to every single NFL stadium except for Green Bay, ironically. Oh, wow. And the loudest by a landslide to Seattle. Yeah. So home field advantage is real there. I've been in that stadium. It is a cacophony of yeah. sound. They build it that way on purpose so that you're just stuck with that noise in your ear the whole time. It's yeah. uncomfortable. Smart. Sound. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, real quick preview uh, for the Browns and the 49ers tonight. Who do you got? Uh, does Cleveland continue their winning ways or do the 49ers keep staying undefeated? Let's see if the 49ers are legit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as an undefeated team, I still, I still don't know. And Cleveland, have they turned a corner? I, I like Cleveland better just because I think their tools mm-hmm. add up to me to be you know a stronger team. But at the same time, look, right now, San Francisco is undefeated, and a lot of their fans rightly believe that nobody is taking them seriously. So if they come out and if they just like, you know, just murder yeah. Cleveland tonight. Oh, that'll be a nice feather in your cap, and you're leading your division. You only really have to worry about Seattle as of right now. Uh, but I still I favor Seattle. I like them. You know. Okay. See, I'm going with I'm going with the Browns on this one. Okay. Yeah. I think they have turned that corner. They're getting better chemistry between all the players, and it's hard for me to go against Odell Beckham Jr. OBJ. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thing for OBJ. I respect that. Uh, Ignacio Padilla says in the chat here, the loudest is the Superdome. If you've never been in New Orleans, that's a loud stadium. I've never been to that stadium, so I don't know if it's louder than Seattle. Neither uh, have I. Yeah. It's not. not. Okay, there it's you go. Not. <laughs> You're wrong, Ignacio. You're wrong. Brian Kelly makes some weird statement here. Josh Allen is having a worse start to his career than EJ Manuel, the man who was benched for poor play in the disappearance. Brian, are you, are you high? I want to ask you that and legitimately. He has looked, Josh Allen's looked really good for his second year. Don't bring EJ into this equation. EJ was a terrible quarterback at Florida State, and he was a terrible quarterback in the pros, man. He loved to sail the ball 30 yards over the head of the nearest receiver. It was one thing he lived for. So seeing him crash in the NFL was not a surprise to this Seminole. Josh Allen's doing much better than him, and you have a future Jim Kelly replacement in Josh Allen if he f- keeps going down the path that he's going now, in my opinion. I don't know. I mean, okay. he's relying on that defense quite a bit, which is smart. Yeah. So th- perhaps that's the comparison, but the record bears out that he's doing just enough to continue to keep winning. And uh, so you got to keep riding that hot hand. I like him. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to some college football here. This is uh, Lindsey's favorite thing <laughs> with the Auburn Tigers. Oh, they didn't get it done against the Florida Gators, unfortunately. Even Kyle Trask having a, a little bit of a fracture in his knee or whatever was going on with him. Uh, he got the job done. And Lemichael Perrine for the Gators. Listen, I'm a Florida State fan. This hurts me, too. 14 rushes for 130 yards and a touchdown. What happened to your Auburn Tigers here, Lindsey? Oh, we got exposed as an average team. Oh, no. Uh, our... our- Defensive line brought it, but 
our issue has always been in our secondary. Mm -hmm. And I think that this game exposed that. And unless the Auburn Tigers get it well, and then obviously play at quarterback was not uh, perfect by any means. Yeah. Uh, so we need to improve our play at quarterback. The secondary needs to get much better because you're going to get torched by Alabama's mm. receivers and LSU's when you have to play them later on if you can't get it together. So I think that's that was our issue. Did Florida impress you? They did. I, I am still reserving judgment mm. until I see how they play against LSU. Yeah, that's a fair point, I think. You know, and you know, because you know the people who vote for the top 25, they love the Gators. The second they show any kind of promise, yeah. it's let's move them up the thing because they play in the SEC. But you're right. That's where they're going to get exposed against the tougher teams with LSU and Bama. Yeah. See what they Even Georgia, who's playing tough this year as well. So that'll be fun. Any thoughts on this one? Nope. Not okay. one. Moving on. All right. I don't watch college football. So I said. <laughs> All right. Our last college football story, Ohio State absolutely stomping out of Michigan State. I put this on the rundown because I have a feeling that Ohio State is just quietly doing its thing, not getting a lot of... Of press or public, you know, publicity like Bama is getting, or some of the other teams in the top five. But uh, you know, Ohio State after Urban Meyer retiring, doing their thing here again. And Michigan State is a pesky team that always gives Ohio State some trouble. They had no problem destroying him here, thirty-four to ten. Uh, Justin Fields doing some great work there for Ohio State, and don't be surprised if they're uh, they're the ones standing at the end of the year, not Bama. It could be or or Clemson. It could be interesting. Clemson almost lost to North Carolina. Yeah, I think Clemson is the the most most overrated after mm. seeing them against North Carolina out of that top 10, uh, like all that out of the top 10 teams. Mm. Uh, Ohio State's definitely the best in my mind in terms of non-SEC teams. Right. But look at the rest of the schedule for the other guys. They're going to knock each other out. Yep. So at the end, the best SEC teams are going to be left standing. Right. I think Alabama right now, well, and LSU too. LSU is the underdog in my mind, even though they're ranked pretty high. The scariest thing in the world is LSU having an offense to go with that defense. They're always consistently good with the defense. Yeah. Now that they have an offense... I mean, Ed Orgeron, I don't know what you're doing down there, son, but you're doing some great work. I will take him to the title. He's just great. He's great. Ed Orgeron is one of the best characters in college football, period. I cheer for LSU because of him. Yeah. I, I didn't cheer under Les Miles. He was too crazy. But, like, uh, Orgeron, I just, there's something about him because he's an old-school coach, heavy guy, talks with a weird voice. It's great. It's perfect to cheer for. I love his post-game interview where he was talking about how my quarterback's going to be uh, upset with himself, but I thought he played great. Like, it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I know how he's going to be bad. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the NBA. Let's talk about the, the preseason game that Matt does not want to talk about. LeBron James and Anthony Davis, uh, they showed a little bit of what the NBA can expect from these guys. Only played, as Matt said, in the first half. Davis finished with 22 points of 9 of 16 shooting, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal. James had 15 points on 5 of 10. Uh, Vogel started Avery Bradley, Danny Green, and JaVale McGee with these guys. Uh, Matt, what do you take from this? Uh, is this is seeing their chemistry already this early in the season, in the preseason? Does this excite you at all? Does it change your mind about the Lakers at all? What do you think? Um, I mean, it's still too early to tell anything really yeah. of what this team is actually going to be. Because, mm. um, you know, as much as LeBron says, you know, I don't want the ball in my hands, we need a competent point guard, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera it's still going to go through him. Uh, I got questions galore uh, about the Lakers. Just. Long-term health, how much do they have to sit LeBron? You've never gotten 82 games out of AD. What mm -hmm. are you going to do? It's your long-term point guard uh, situation because you got Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo and Caruso. Are one of those guys going to be playing crunch time for you, or are you just going to go with this weird big lineup with LeBron running the point? Mm. Uh, th you know, there are su 
really interesting team. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch, and they're going to be a tough out for any team that plays them night in, night out. So I can't wait to watch to see the chemistry between the two of them. Plus, technically, this is a contract year for AD, so he's going to be playing like it's a contract year. He can opt out after the deal mm-hmm. and test free agency. So the, the Lakers are under a win now because of that pressure. And, uh, you know, it's going to be as if the circus around the Lakers isn't already fervent in this town. <laughs> it's going to be amped up even more. You've got a lot of great duos where their chemistry right now is in question. I think it's too early to assess the two of them. And like you said, there's a lot of questions in regards to will they stay healthy? Uh, I mean, you've got James Harden now back with Russell Westbrook Mm -hmm. in Houston. That's going to be an interesting matchup. But it's hard for me to assess before the season starts. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's tough because right now, everybody, every player's come in. Uh, they've either lost 25 pounds yeah. or they put on 25 pounds of muscle. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, early practices and team meetings have been fantastic and blah, 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 blah. But there's a lot of duos now as opposed to trios. And it's, there's a ton of teams that just like, wow, I like that double pairing right mm-hmm. there. It's pretty fantastic. It's like an NFL coach saying, we had a really great week of practice. Like, yeah. that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> well, I just like that they're already showing signs. Look, LeBron has always taken a little bit of time to get into that chemistry with his new, whenever he gets all-star players. But this feels like they already have the rhythm and the chemistry going. So that's a positive. But I agree with you. There's a lot of questions on the Lakers. Rajon Rondo is not the point guard to be leading this team to a title. So uh, I don't know where they where – they have some problems – on the bench as well, KCP is not going to be the guy you turn to. Danny Green starting means he's not on the bench. So that's a oh, three-pointer. you need Danny Green to start. Yeah, exactly. You need, you need his shooting. That's not a team you want to be on where Danny Green needs to start for your team. That's kind well, of scary. I mean, there will more than likely be a slight regression from what he did last year just because he's, what, 33 or 34, 33, I think. Yeah. And as you get older... You know, he's a 3 and D guy, and you're going to slow down a little bit. Just father time is going to catch up. They... They've bolstered instead of doing the playmakers, which they did last year. They've gotten more shooters, you know, mm. by signing like a Jared Dudley, whatnot. But yeah, KCP's not the answer. Kyle Kuzma has a stress reaction in his foot, mm-hmm. uh, which is the precursor to a stress fracture. So he's sitting out for a while. Right. It, they've got a lot of questions, but they still have two of the top five, top six guys in the league on the same team. That's pretty. That's pretty difficult. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to be. Uh, I mean, I can't wait to watch it. Hopefully, they just run pick and roll. With two of them, just like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Who are you taking? 100 points each. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shane Sher in the chat, he says, uh, the Lakers will not be higher than a fifth seed this year. I'm saying it now. The Spurs will be better than the Lakers. Uh, that's insane to me. Oh, that's I don't know insane about that to me. I'm with you, a fifth seed. Spurs better, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're saying, uh, oh, yeah, Dave Drynow says, Paul George and Kawhi better than LeBron and AD. I agree. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I okay. do. I do. Oh. We'll see. I'm excited all around. I think what you're saying is correct. Duos are the rage now. Uh, We'll see how they do uh, as this goes on. Of course, everyone's going to be watching for the Lakers. Let's move on to another NBA story. That's the Houston Rockets. This is a little more interesting story about what's going on with China here. Mm -hmm. This is where we've got this kind of uh, uh, mashing of sports and politics. I know people want to take politics out of everything nowadays, and I get that. Of course, very stressful thing to talk about. But when it bleeds into something that actually affects the league, that's something you have to talk about here. And this tweet from 
from Daryl Morey. He's the GM of, of the Rockets. He tweeted in support of the protesters in Hong Kong. This now has affected uh, the, their relationship with China. And this was a strong relationship, probably the strongest mm-hmm. in the NBA, uh, since yeah. Yao Ming yeah. starred Hands for them. Down. Yeah, so you look at this, and Yao, they suspended all stuff with the Rockets at this point. And one of the Brooklyn Nets co-owners, Joseph Tsai, he came in and said, we shouldn't be doing any of this stuff. It should just be left alone. Well, yeah. what do you feel about that? I mean, I agree with Tillman Fertitta coming out and saying um, we're not a political organization. And right. I think anytime you talk politics, you turn off the organization from 50% of your audience. Yeah. Almost. I know it's not a 50-50 split, but still. So I, I agree that maybe they should not have. Maybe we need to take away his Twitter. <laughs> well, I was thinking Daryl Morey has been one of the best GMs oh, in yes, the league for absolutely. years. And so that's where you got into that point where you go into that mo- a point where you're like, as a person of note in the NBA, as a celebrity to a degree in the NBA, yeah. what's my responsibility with this tweet? What should I have done? What should I have not done? And where does my personal feelings stop? Or where do my professional feelings stop and my personal feelings start? Like what, uh, you know, and that's always the difficult line to walk, walk once you're a representative of a team or a league it just it was so poorly timed they were just in that in china to yeah. play the the shanghai sharks yeah and they have the largest footprint of of any team within china in china the reason the nba cares for those out there there are more passive chinese watchers of the league than there are citizens of this country yeah 600 million people in china last year tuned in at some point uh, and 200 million are avid followers nonstop. So that's why China can dictate through their Houston consulate mm-hmm. and say, you guys need to walk this back. And Tillman Fertitta is like, we are going to walk this back. <laughs> it's going to cost us way too much money. And the rest of the league has a hands off. And I understand the you don't want to bring politics into it because it's sports and sports should be, you know, completely aside from that. But it's just had he done this maybe further down, away from just being in China yeah. and these protests or whatever else, perhaps it goes unnoticed. But yeah. especially being the GM of the Houston Rockets. You know, it's just uh, you're. It's going to be noticed in China. I think that was what was shocking him. It's like you are the GM of the Rockets. Mm-hmm. I think you got every right to feel how you feel about that situation. Tweeting about it, though. I mean, how you not pass that by your owner? Hey, I think I'm going to tweet this. Just want to make sure you're okay with this. Like blah blah blah. Because you're wading yeah. into political waters and you're dragging the organization in with you. I find Twitter very emotional, and that's why mm. I have gotten away from it. The start of my career, I was using Twitter quite a bit, and now I, I found that I'm a very reactive person with instagram you have to think about it more so write your caption add a photo twitter it's like oh i'm watching this game i'm outraged let me tweet about it and then whoops there it goes for the world to see. Maybe I didn't want to do that. Right. You'd rather so, use this show to do that. I would rather use this <laughs> show. Eli Manning, you suck. <laughs> Cam Newton needs some meat. I love it. And Lindsay's got them all rolling in on this one. We'll see what happens. I mean, some politicians weighed in, ironically, to try to say that you know they were angry that uh, the Rockets were walking this back. And I'm like, give me a break. Please. Yang was doing it yeah. because it gets his name out there. Yeah. That's the only reason exactly. he cares. Just like the Shane Gill, uh, Gillis stuff. Just like, you own, this only helps you. You don't really have an opinion. Of course not. Of course yeah. not. And it's easy to tell other people exactly. oh, know what to do. when you're, you're like, Hold on a second. Yeah. I'm Asian. I can chime in on this. I have no other connection to this whatsoever. And be like, okay, technically, yes, but you don't play basketball. You're not in the NBA. I don't understand why you're chiming in here. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll I mean, I think this is a lesson for 
um, all people in the public eye, especially for organization, people representing organizations, like you've got to be really aware of what you're tweeting, what you're putting out there, because yeah. it's not just you. It's the organization that gets affected. And that's yeah. part of your job. Yeah. That's why you get paid millions. Uh, you know, it's different if you're like cleaning up the rockets uh, or working the ticket stand at the rockets uh, facility. That's different. You know, you can tweet about whatever you want, but if you're Daryl Morey yeah. representing one of the teams that is a pioneering team in the NBA in China. It's a dangerous situation, so we'll see. We'll see if Daryl stays on, too. This could end up being a fracture between him and the team. I mean, I hope not yeah, because he's been tremendous. Yeah. If they don't, if they don't win, that'll be, his, that'll be the guillotine that you know, yeah. severs the head. Because okay. Fertitta was liking comments on Instagram of people saying he needs to be fired, and then <laughs> the organization publicly came out and said they're not going to fire him. Yeah. So wait, Fertitta was liking comments. Yeah, about on, more on Instagram. Getting... Yeah, exactly. You should fire him. He's like, like, <laughs> which? Well, you're just playing both sides of the fence at yeah. that point. You know what? If you're an owner of a team, you shouldn't be doing crap like that either. That's kind of petty on so many levels. Guess what? You know who doesn't do that? The owner of the Washington Wizards. Why don't you come, Daryl, and take my team back to the promised land, please? We need a GM. Uh, all right, I'm gonna get that. <laughs> Wait, you can tweet about whatever you want for us. Go right ahead. That's right. We suck so bad. No one's gonna pay attention. All right, let's do our last story here. That's boxing. Uh, Triple G it took care of business here uh, over the weekend against Sergey Derevianichenko. Oh, I hope I got that right. I don't know if I did. Uh, this was a fantastic fight to watch for 12 rounds. But Triple G getting the decision. This is this is even more controversial than his Canelo fights, where a lot of people felt he won two out of three of those fights. Mm-hmm. But this looked like he lost this. Fight. Fight. And I wonder if those fights with Canelo, have, or I mean, sorry, the two fights with Canelo, if they have taken a toll on him as a boxer. Possibly. Thoughts, I mean, what is he, 36? Yes. At this point? Yeah, the other yeah. guy was like 33. I think it's uh, Derevyachenko. Derevyachenko, sorry. Yeah. I think that's what it is. He, he won the fight. Derevyachenko. Yeah, I think him yeah. going down in the first was ultimately what swayed because one guy had it uh, one point difference, mm-hmm. and then the other two uh, scorecards, it was either two or three points. It was like, 115 and 112 yeah. on the other two cards. Yeah. What, what fight are you watching? Because <laughs> he, I mean, he led, like he took a bulk of the middle rounds and whatnot, and I, watching that is just like he's, he's winning this. I can't believe Triple G is about to go down, and then Triple G managed to get the win. If they don't have a rematch for this, unless Canelo lines up to take on Triple G... That's the next thing. Yeah, that, unless... If, if Canelo does not want that fight, then there needs to be a rematch for this, because mm-hmm. this was entertaining as can be. It's just two guys beating the piss out of each other. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like, I could never in a million years do that. I boxed one time, it went three rounds, and we were both just gassed and called it a day. <laughs> what, and, a, what about a rematch after the fight with Canelo? I don't think he'll have the same heat. I don't think he'll be. Yeah. I don't think anything left. Yeah. I, I think Canelo. If I'm a, if I'm Canelo, I'm looking at that fight, going, "Oh, I'm going to kill this guy now." Yeah, I, take I, Triple G now. Yeah, you take him now. You you silence all the mm-hmm. critics. You beat him once and for all, fully in a decisive victory, and it's done. And you walk away from it. Then you take on the guy who fought uh, who, Triple G. Who's Canelo signed with? Because I know Triple G's days. Uh, Dazone. He's with Dazone. Or is it Dazone? Is yeah. that how you say it? Dazone. Yeah. They're both Dazone. Yeah. Okay, then that. Rematch or that bout between the two of them be kind of a foregone conclusion. Well, that was the suspicious nature of the scoring of the of the oh, of the of fight. A lot of people thought of they wanted to set up this triple threat, a triple <laughs> this third fight in the trilogy here, and and so they kind of scored it a certain way. Do you believe in that stuff, Lindsay? Shenanigans in boxing, <laughs> what? like uh, wrestling. Yeah. Oh no! I heard about Here that. We go. I don't watch wrestling, but I heard about that this morning. Do you watch pro wrestling, Lindsay? I used to. I, okay. don't, I don't have time between NFL, NBA, college football, Fair these enough. fights. 
I don't have time to watch wrestling anymore, but I used to love it. Yeah. yeah WrestleMania. Well, at oh. what age, though, did you give oh, it Oh, stop it, you. What, at what age? Mm-hmm. Like two years ago. That undercuts my case. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got we got a couple minutes left in the show. I got to rub up here. Uh, a number of people in the chat are reporting that Benjamin Watson has left the Patriots. It looks like he either got cut or was let go. So, uh, or, or or left on his own volition. But he is done uh, with the Patriots. There, oh, five and zero. Oh. I don't know if they need him. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, one last thing, Lindsay. Tell us about the show you're hosting. Tell us about what you're doing before we wrap up. Um, right now, I'm on a show called Elevator Pitch. It's with Entrepreneur Magazine. And I'm not sure. I think it airs in the next month. Okay. We just finished filming season five. And essentially, the premise of the show is the entrepreneur gets on the elevator. They have 60 seconds to pitch us their concept. Wow. If the judges like the concept, we send them up to the boardroom. If not, we send them down with Eli Manning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a vegan buffet that awaits them. Enjoy. I would love it if it was Eli escorting you out of their building. Yeah, just a just bag awesome. of broken cookies down there. Son of a gun. This is terrible. Also, uh, I have a podcast uh, yes. on Apple and Podcast One with Paula Pauline and Kate Edwards, the CEO of Heartbeat, called The Next 10. It's essentially the next 10 years of our guest. Wow. And we talk to them about the successful career they've had in the past, if they want to make a career change midway throughout their life. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping to ex- inspire people with it nice uh i've tried to be an influence on heartbeat i'm only offering 25 dollars a post that's not good for me um let's pitch our show in 60 seconds we yeah. have a show called the top 10 podcast let's pitch it to her sure yeah oh we're pitching for what exactly 60 we seconds we get a shot maybe we're in the seconds. elevator right now you might yeah, get to come up to the boardroom come on when are we starting the timers the right now question. okay it's starting right now. What exactly are we pitching? Our show, the top ten show. We host a show every week. <laughs> okay. we... I'm going to count it on my fingers. Let's do it. Go right ahead. <laughs> Go right ahead, Matt. Okay. I, I, I fail to see what the inevitable oh, for the outcome of, of this pitch is. Your time. You're already on. <laughs> Come six on, seconds. Matt. Let's have a little fun. That's what the time is. All right, we're pitching. We every week we host a show called the Top Ten. It's called. It's not the next ten. It's the Top Ten, and it's we we count down uh, uh, movies from one particular theme that's connected to a new release. Okay. So, uh-huh. for example, we just did t- uh, top ten films of person pushed to the edge for the joker so we we count down we bring in our own top tens we don't tell each other and then we count them down separately on the show and at the end of the show we combine the top 10 into one top 10 and that's what is our final top 10 at the end of the show okay and what is the point of this pitch that's why i was like what are we pitching for what do we want I like uh, it. Investor money? I okay, like- is that what we're going for? <laughs> we want to expand? Uh, that's what, What's the goal of my pitch is my question. I don't To get some more uh, viewers? Yes. Uh, not a problem. You guys should be tuning in already uh, yeah, out there. Yeah, but she's so. got viewers. It's well, now, now I'm going to tune in. It now sounds see, great. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize we're not proselytizing for our own uh, oh show here. Oh, my God. Not you a problem. Hold on. <laughs> Rewind. No, Adam, we don't go have ahead, any time. stop. Let's go. Let's go back. We don't have any time. We got to wrap it up. All right. I want to thank our guest, Lindsay, so much for stopping by. I hope you had a good time. I had a great time. Thank you for having me. Where can people find you for everything you're doing? You can find me on Instagram at Lindsay McCormick Sports and on Twitter, although I try not to tweet like <laughs> Daryl Morey, uh, at Lindsay M underscore Sports. Right on. And that's the next 10 and Elevator Pitch. What, what channel is Elevator Pitch going to be on? Um, they, we don't TV? even know the date yet. Oh, wow. so, uh, oh, so you don't even know the channel yet. Stay okay. tuned for All social media. Right media i like it it sounds cool uh matt where can they find you my man uh you can find me anywhere at matt nost and dropping dimes is coming back this uh wednesday so please tune in uh we're doing a western conference preview this week eastern conference next week and then the season starts the week after that guys
Kaboom. I'm, uh, I'm the first guest on that show. It's going to be fun. Breaking down the Western Conference. We'll talk some more Lakers and all those teams there as well. You can follow me at The Rogue Says on Twitter and on Instagram. Thanks to you so much for watching us live. Remember, if you haven't subscribed to Collider Sports, hit that red button there on YouTube and subscribe to us. Or if you're listening to us on the podcast, hit that subscribe button. Maybe you're a fan of Lindsay. You're like, I want to hear more about her. Hit that subscribe. Uh, maybe you hear more sports talk as well. Shout out to Adam Smith over there in the booth for helping us out with everything on the show. And we'll talk to you next time, next Monday, for another live edition of Collider Sports Time. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa Online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.